to another episode of Better Black Than Never. I am your host, as always, Tavarnis King, and it is a pleasure to be with you here today. As you guys probably know, if you're watching the news, the storm, the winter storm has made its way to my door. It is beasting out there, yo. It is no joke outside. So at some point today, I'm going to have to take care of some business. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it, but, you know, such is life. Such is life, you know, with climate change. Although, to be honest with you, I'm happy that we get some snow. I wish we got some snow like this around Thanksgiving so that we could have had a snowy Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm one I'm one of those rare people in the world who actually likes snow. Um, I'm definitely the only Haitian. <laughs> I'm definitely the only Haitian dude you'll ever talk to who likes the snow, who likes winter, because that's a whole different conversation right there. Uh, nevertheless, it's outside. It's coming down. We're supposed to get about 10 inches today. So we'll see how that all, you know, goes. <laughs> we'll see what I got to do to handle that shit. But nevertheless, I'm still happy to have an opportunity to talk to you guys today and to get into some things that I haven't had an opportunity to get into because yesterday's show, I really wanted to dedicate some time to just some fuckery that I saw coming through that I wanted to address. And that meant that other things that I wanted to address had to get pushed to today. So today is going to be a bit of a short one, but I am going to focus mainly on Biden in the town hall and some of the stupid things that he said. Uh, He said a lot of stupid things. But nevertheless, I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet because maybe you're like me and you're listening to this somewhere where you got some some of your own personal snowy business to handle. So I don't want to keep you guys for too long. Um, But as always, thank you for joining me. Rate, review, and share this podcast with your friends, with your family members, with other black and brown folks. Give me them five stars because I know you're not a hater. And let's get into the first subject. So, yeah, you know, I didn't get into the Biden town hall and my thoughts about it yesterday, because like I said, there were some things that were top of mind for me that I wanted to address And therefore, I just made time to get to it today instead and just basically give it its own show, more or less. Although there are some things that I'm going to talk about today that have nothing to do with Biden that are much happier than what I'm going to be talking about concerning Biden. But nevertheless, I wanted to just give my time yesterday to those particular topics because I felt they were really, really important. But still today, we are going to, you know, concentrate on the Biden town hall and what he talked about. But I'm going to focus my thoughts because he said a lot of stupid things. I mean, that that whole oh interracial couples on commercials. Look, as I've said a thousand times, white people think progress is centering whiteness in interracial couples. Okay, we've already seen these studies that show that millennials, their attitudes towards black people aren't much different than their parents attitudes. In other words, millennials are just as racist as their parents. You can Google that shit and look at the studies, look at the graphs. The only thing that's changed much between their parents and themselves, millennials, is that they're willing to fuck us more. And I don't know about you, but I'm not out here caping for white pussy. Okay, that's not my shit. I do not feel as if I've made it in the world because a white woman likes me. I do not feel like a white woman like me means that I am worthy. That's not my shit. I'm not that person. Okay. Black people overwhelmingly couple, marry, and have kids with other black people. And so progress would actually be showing black couples in those in those commercials and on TV and in those ads. That would be progress. 
progress would be showing dark-skinned black couples. Progress would be showing dark-skinned black couples with natural hair. That would be progress. Progress is not finding just a new way to center white people in the lives of black people, especially when we know that their attitudes towards us isn't much different than their parents' attitudes towards us when it comes to things like do they think they're do they think that white people are naturally just smarter than black people do they think that black people are lazy do they think that black people are actually the most racist and all that fuckery yeah millennials think just like their parents when it comes to that shit the only difference is uh they're willing to fuck you and like i've watched and like i've said before there are plenty of white motherfuckers who took a dick out of black pussy to go vote for Trump and plenty of white bitches who jumped over black dick to go vote for Trump. Just because motherfuckers want to fuck you does not mean that they actually respect you. Does that mean they actually care about you? So when he said that shit, I was like, you know, typical, typical, you know, white folks with the idea that, hey, we're willing to fuck you guys now. That's just progress. We're progressing as a society. Fuck out of here. That does not change structural racism. And look, if you're in a committed relationship and as a black person with a white person and you're not cooning, good for you. And I understand the situations in life that can lead to you falling for a white person. I'm not one of those people who just think that black people should never, ever, ever date and couple with white people. I know there are folks who are straight up against it, and I understand it, and I understand our point of view. I just happen to not share it because I can understand the scenario that leads up to that. And as long as you're not cooning, whether you're a black man or a black woman, as long as you're not cooning about it, as long as you're not out here, you know, talking about, oh, I need to date someone on my level. That's why I'm with this white person. As long as you're not doing shit like that, go ahead, man. It just happened to me that you fell for a white person. It, it is what it is. Maybe you were one of these college students who went to college someplace for football, for basketball, for whatever it is, and you were just surrounded with mostly 95%, 90 or more white chicks. I get how that shit can happen. But just because a white person is willing to date you, that is not a sign of progress. That is definitely not the way to bring down the structures of racism that are actually holding black people back. So that statement was stupid. Okay, so that statement was bullshit, but that's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on two main things that he talked about that are really problematic and frankly dangerous. One of them is straight up dangerous. So let's start with the dangerous one. He doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down, quintupled down on his position that police in America needs more funding. Now, you saw that black dude who came up and asked that question. I don't know if it was a plant. I don't know if he really believes it, although I get the feeling that he actually does believe what he was saying. But, you know, there are always these black dudes, black people out here who think we need more policing, even though evidence consistently shows that more policing does not actually bring about better results for black folks. There are always these motherfuckers who, and they're always old too, okay? Not always, but more often than not, they're, they're old, old heads like that dude, right? And so... I rolled my eyes when I saw that question come up because I already knew his position. He's totally tone deaf on the issue. The idea that a police system that fails with billions of dollars is going to succeed with billions more dollars. That's bullshit. It's total bullshit. And that's the type of fuckery that's going to put actual lives in danger. Now, once again, I like to say it. I voted for this motherfucker because... I am not one of these dudes out here. I'm not one of these people out here who decides not to partake in something that I'm committed to 
simply because I don't have the perfect option that I would like. I'm not one of these people. I think that's pretty cowardly, in my opinion. I think that's a pretty cowardly approach to the matter, to just bail out because the situation is not exactly to your liking. Motherfucker, life is not like Burger King, man. Sometimes you don't get it your way. And if it was an option between Biden and Trump, Trump who was straight up killing folks, it's a pretty easy choice. But I still had to hold my nose to vote for him, and I knew that this was his position going in. And we're going to see all this talk about pushing him left and pushing him left on this issue. Police in America do not need more money. They are failing with billions of dollars. They're not going to suddenly succeed with billions more dollars. And all this talk about what we need training. Cops, for example, here in New York City, cops get racial training. They get race training. I forget exactly what it's called that they get. I forget the exact name of this type of training. They get racial sensitivity. I think it's called racial sensitivity training. They get that shit. They were still fucking murking peaceful protesters, mostly black, during George Floyd's protests. They're still out here abusing black folks. You think these motherfuckers are taking this shit seriously? You think these motherfuckers are out here sitting in this class thinking, you know what? I got to really amend my ways. I need to stop putting my hands on black folks for no fucking reason. I need to not brutalize them just because they're protesting. I need to not do this shit. Of course, fucking not. They're still doing it. You think they're sitting up there in these classes thinking to themselves, you know what? I arrest more black people for weed than I do white people. I need to stop doing that because that's not right. That's not fair. Police culture would not allow for such a change to happen. And how many black folks, specifically black folks who are mentally ill, must die at the hands of police because those motherfuckers don't know what the fuck they're doing and they just go the brutality route when dealing with someone who's having a mental break who needs a mental health professional, not a fucking cop with a gun. In a, in a billy club. Like, how many times do we have to see that story repeated? So, his bullshit stance on policing is something that I knew going in, but it's still upsetting, and it's still just just fucked up to see it repeated and see him sticking to it. And we got to see if we got to, if we got to see if we can actually do some pushing to the left on that shit. Because I don't believe any of the shit that he's talking about is going to work. He's talking about, hey, you got to get into the political views of the recruits to understand where they're coming from. Motherfucker, that's not going to work. They will lie to you, okay? And you don't think you don't think they're the people who you're going to ask to evaluate the political views, the psychological views of these motherfuckers, you don't think they're going to try and find ways to let some people through who they just happen to like even though they know they're sideways? Come on, man. These motherfuckers are already getting hired, they're getting hired and rehired even though they're fucking up on the job and oftentimes killing people. They're still getting new jobs at new police stations. The system is corrupt. And I've said it before, I am on the side of abolishing the police. I've, I've made that very clear. I've made that very clear that where I stand is that we need to straight up abolish the police. However, I understand that abolishing a system like the police is not going to happen overnight. This is not, that's not the type of shit that you could just run up on in a year and just get it done. That's not how that shit works. And so I understand those who are trying to do the reform, the reforming of the police, who are trying to go down the reform path because it is probably the path that maybe you get more done now as opposed to trying to only hold out for change in the abolishment of police. But straight up and down, man, I've seen way too much evidence, especially here in New York City. I've seen way too much evidence that these motherfuckers are not about reform, man. And so we need to defund them. We need to take money away from them and away from the police 
and put towards other services that actually help the community, that actually protect the community, that actually will raise the community up, that would actually do a much better job at lowering crime. Everywhere you go in this country, everywhere you go in the world, Areas where there are more resources, where investments are made into schools, into jobs, into training, into healthcare, crime plummets in those scenarios. Crime doesn't rise, it goes down because people have options. People's lives are better. People's lives are better in those scenarios. People's lives are far more robust, are far more vibrant in those scenarios, in those places. You don't invest more in policing to try and help a community. Invest more in the community itself. There was a research paper that actually showed that neighborhoods with community gardens saw a decrease in crime. Like shit as simple as that, man. That things that actually help the community directly, not over-police the community. We've seen the research over and over and over again. So why is he fighting the research? Why is he fighting the data? Why is he fighting the facts? His neoliberal establishment ass just cannot think differently. Can't think beyond the idea that if there's ever a problem with black and brown people, send in the military. This is just an expansion of the the industrial military complex. If there's a problem in black and brown countries, sending troops, sending warmongers. This is just a localized version of that type of thinking. Because someone said it, and it is absolutely true, I wish I knew the person who who said this, because I just heard it around, that America is prepared for nothing but war is not prepared to help people with health care, with their wages, with their mental health, with their housing. The only thing America is always prepared for is to go to war. And neoliberals are exactly like that. There's a problem, especially in black and brown communities. Don't give them health care. Don't give them resources. Don't give them jobs. Don't actually raise up the community. Don't actually raise up their wages. No, send in our local military, a.k.a. the police. That'll fix everything. That's why I laugh at the idea when you talk about he's a progressive. Fuck out of here, man. Progressive? You work with segregationists. What the fuck are you talking about progressive? Again, I went into this with my eyes open, but shut the fuck up on this all, I'm a progressive. Motherfucker, progressive, we're not out here working with segregationists to make sure school busing didn't happen. Shut the fuck up, that progressive bullshit. And so that was some fuckery right there. How do we combat this? This is one of those situations where, again, call your senator, call your congressman, man. And I wish, to goodness gracious, these town halls didn't feel so scripted. Like, I would have loved for him to go to a town hall in, like, Brooklyn, New York. (laughs) No scripts, no plans. Motherfuckers telling you the real business, and you have to answer some real fucking questions. This is one of the reasons why I don't watch. It's one of the reasons why I don't watch the town halls. Because I fucking know it's fucking scripted. I know I can't really trust anything I'm hearing or seeing. Because it's all put together. To kind of make them look good. And that's, and I get it. I mean, that's, I mean, who wants to actually go to a town hall that's going to be nationally televised and look like shit? I get it. But that's also why I don't watch. I tend to read transcripts after the fact to get an idea of what was said. Then, of course, be able to formulate my opinions. That's why I'm usually a little bit late on the whole, on the whole town hall thing. And of course, I do watch, you know, other people react to it. That also gives me an inkling as to what is being said and the bullshit that's happening. But I don't have no interest in sitting there and listening to someone say nonsense. That's why I tend to not watch town halls, generally speaking. But yeah, that whole point about policing, total bullshit. But to be fair, quote unquote, this is the same nonsense he was saying during the campaign trail. So it isn't like this is new. 
But again, the however, the idea of investing more money into something that's clearly failing is such a horrible strategy that I do not understand those people who marry themselves to it. So that was one bullshit thing he said. The second bullshit thing that he said that got on my nerves was the whole student loan forgiveness thing, that he wasn't willing to do 50K, he wanted to do 10. And again, this has a direct effect on black students in particular. His notion that, hey, I don't want to forgive debt to people going to private schools who are rich, motherfucker, those motherfuckers are not in debt. You think a student whose parents are rich are defaulting on loans? Fuck out of here. That don't make any kind of fucking sense. That don't make any kind of fucking sense, man. And all the fucking means testing that I hear all the fucking time, why can't you just means test and just make sure that you forgive loans to only students whose parents make below X amount of dollars or who's, you know, or to students who only make X amount of dollars? Constantly, I, I see you guys fucking means testing, but now here's an opportunity to go big. And if you really care about making sure that none of the money goes to rich folks, there are plenty of ways to keep that from fucking happening. The reality is black and brown people are more likely to borrow. White people do not borrow student loan money at the rate of black and brown people. Those are facts. So already you're, you're already you're going against the facts. Okay, he was talking all this shit about listening to scientists. Well, why don't you listen to the researchers when it comes to this? Black and brown people are more likely to borrow. Black and brown people are two to three times more likely to default on those student loans. This is not something that you have to worry about going overboard because you might just help some rich white kid. That's not a thing. It's not a thing you have to worry about here. Okay, and there are plenty of ways to mitigate that. What was most frustrating about that whole situation is that he is literally fighting against his own Senate. The fuck? You got Schumer and Elizabeth Warren out here and say, hey, let's forgive 50000 And I already did a podcast on this showing that, that a huge amount of that forgiveness would have such a positive effect on students who are black and brown. I mean, the vast majority of that benefit will go to students who are black and brown who are struggling. They came up with a plan. They got together on it. To be honest with you, I was surprised that Schumer got on it. And I think it's probably because he is aware that if his ass doesn't get a little bit more progressive, AOC might just, you know, primary him. I think that's what his concern is because he's been doing some actual progressive things. I'm kind of surprised that he's taking these positions. But hey, whatever. Welcome to the party. Late as fuck, but welcome. But yeah, they come out here with a progressive package to forgive $50,000 in debt to students. Doing so would actually help the economy. Doing so would actually help black students. Doing so would actually help black women specifically. Like, I don't fucking understand the position of fighting against your own colleagues in the Senate and in Congress to do something that we know would benefit so many people. The only thing I can think of is that his establishment ass is probably hearing he's probably hearing from someone, maybe a donor, maybe, maybe, you know, banking execs, Wall Street execs are like, look, we want we don't want this to happen. We want these motherfuckers still on the hook. It's a trillion dollars, you know, in in student loan debt. We like having that money. We like being able to chase these motherfuckers and haunt them. That must be what's going on on the back end here for him to be fighting his own people's. Because otherwise, this shit don't make any sense. And this is what I'm talking about when I say we need to get money out of politics. Because I, I firmly believe that this is because he has corporate donors in his ear who are telling him we don't want that much student debt 
forgiven because we got these motherfuckers by the fucking nose and we can continue to drain them, especially black and brown folks, black and brown students. And we've gone through the numbers before. You'll go back to the previous po- previous podcast. You can go back to the previous podcast and listen to that conversation, that those stats. But forgiving just 10,000 is not enough. It's straight up not enough. And his reasoning is bullshit. It's straight up bullshit. So where does this leave us? Weirdly enough, I'm not really sure because I don't know if I've ever seen this before. I don't know that I've ever seen a scenario where Democrats in the Senate and in the Congress, in the congressional halls, want to do more than the president. It's one of those weird scenarios that I don't recall ever witnessing before. I would have to go look and see if this happened under Obama. And so because it's so weird, I cannot tell you how I think it's actually going to play out. Because what what deal are you going to make between the Democratic president and the Democratic Congress and senators? It's, it's weird. It's just fucking weird. I guess they're going to try and meet in the middle, which means that maybe they actually forgive closer to 30 as opposed to 50. Maybe that's going to be the compromise. I just don't know what incentive would he have, he being Biden, to compromise. If he's saying 10... What exactly is going to make him change his mind? He said he can't just do it on his own. It's not just what he can do with, you know, just a signature with a wave of his pen. Bullshit. We know that he can. Clearly he can. Otherwise, Schumer and Warren would not have asked. So the fuck are you talking about again? So, yeah, it's distressing. <laughs> so clearly not a fun, not a fun topic. We're going to see how this all plays out. We're going to see how, you know, this all gets wrapped up. Because I do think something is going to happen. I just feel as if it's not going to be big enough. And I think both of these things, I think all of these things working in concert from, you know, the fuckery with the stimulus checks, the fuckery with the student loans, the fuckery with the police. I think all these things are going to be what we look back upon in two years when he loses Congress and we can point directly to them because there are a lot of seats that are going to be available come 2022 in Congress. And this shit like this is going to be how you fucking lose it. So those are the two main fuckeries that came through at least for me I mean clearly there was some you know debate around minimum wage he talked about you know when he believes that coronavirus will abate enough that we can get back to a normal life and I hate when people talk about getting back to normal getting back to normal was fucked up what what we like to call normal was not great we should be looking to progress forward and move to a much better situation not just remain stagnant in quote-unquote normalcy but yeah those things were annoying but this particular these two particular these two particular points we're just stupid and fucked up. And for all the people who swore up and down that we can push them left, push them left, well, here we go. We got two things that we need to push them left on. Policing and forgiveness of student loans. Let's see if we could do it. I'm, I'm, you know, let's see what the game plan here to push them left. Because so far, his position sucked. And so that was my main takeaway from, from the town hall. Let's move on to the last subject here. <laughs> So the last subject here is a is a great one. It's a happy one. So a couple of days ago, the RIAA, which is the Recording Industry Association of America, put out a fucking awesome tweet, an awesome bit of information. That is the amazing 
the legendary iconic album from Lauren Hill, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, is now diamond certified, which means it has sold over 10 million units. Woof. Woof. Now, very few, at least very few rap artists have actually achieved this goal. I believe Biggie, Tupac, Eminem. I can't think of whoever else right now because I don't have these. I don't have the list in front of me right now, but I know Biggie, Tupac, and Eminem are on that list. And so she's the first female rapper on this list, which is fucking awesome. That album was so crazy because I knew, I knew Wyclef when I was a kid. Like I actually performed with him way back when, before he formed the Fugees, before he you know join the other two and form the Fuji's so I met Lauren Hill when I was a kid like once right when they were stupid stupid young they weren't they weren't popping just yet they weren't you know the famous trio that they've become and so when the miseducation of Lauren Hill was coming out when I heard it was being worked on I knew it was going to be just fucking magic because if you knew Lauren Hill even if you just met her once you you saw the talent it was just fucking it was crazy it was just, just fucking crazy and so when that album came out man wow blew my mind blew my mind one of those very important musical moments in my life straight up and down and now that's fucking diamond i mean i can't think of a person who deserves it more because right because i'm looking at the track listings right now it's hard for me to find a song that i didn't like on here man because the thing about a great album i've heard this before i believe maybe prince said it i forget who said this but someone said that the definition or the structure of a great album is let's say the, the album has 10 songs a great album would mean of those 10 songs, five of those songs are truly great. And then you have two or three that's very, very good. And then you then have two or three that's just good. You know what I'm saying? So you have on an album with 10 songs, five songs have to be literally great, like timeless great. The next two or three, very, very good. And then the remaining of the album is just really good. That's how you structure a great album, according to this person. And I've always kept that in mind because it's hard for me. Look, this album, in my opinion, there's no song that goes below very, very good. Now, my favorite tracks on here, Lost Ones, Doo-Wop, I Used to Love Him, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, To Zion, When It Hurts So Bad, Fuck, man. Nothing even matters. This shit is just crazy, yo. This this album is just fucking crazy with the classics, with the fucking classics, man. I guess I have to say, of all of those, Lost Ones is probably my favorite track on this album. I can listen to me, there's never a bad time to listen to Lost Ones, but this album is just fucking fantastic. So this was great news. I just wanted to always, you know, I like to end, you know me, I like to end on a high note. I, I try to. I try my best to try and find some good black news to end these podcasts on. And this was definitely some good ass shit that came through. Definitely some good ass shit. So congrats to Lauren Hill. Hopefully this will empower you to come to your concerts on time. <laughs> Hopefully this will be a reason for you to come to your concerts on time. I'm supposed to make it motherfuckers wait an hour. Fuck. It's crazy, man. I still remember that that gig at the Blue Note a couple of years ago. I think she was like an hour and a half late or some craziness like that. Ah. But nevertheless, I'm happy for her. She definitely deserves it. This album's this album definitely deserves it. And that's it for the show today. So thank you for making the time. That's my time for today. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Stay safe out there, especially those of you who, like me, got some some snow issues to deal with. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.